Welcome to In the News for December 10th, 2021. I am Brett Bernie from AppsInLaw.com. This is Jeff Richardson from iPhone JD. Hey, Brett. Good morning, Jeff. Wow. Okay, so a fun week this past week. Several things that uh, that have been happening as we kind of start to get ready to close out this year, which is a little crazy for me to even say that. But one of the first things you link to in your post today is I I, I feel like there's going to be half of our audience that maybe cares a little bit about this, and the other half doesn't care at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it is important. This is what I'm talking about is the Epic versus Apple. Right. This is where. Where the Epic Video Games Company brought suit against Apple what several months ago, claiming that Apple was being unfair. I mean, maybe you can give the actual technical legal language on there, but basically, Epic wanted to sell some of their own in-store purchases on their own store as opposed to going through the App Store. It gets a little confusing here. Just basically, Epic was not happy. It was a whole big shindig, and it looked like that Apple was going to have to change some of their App Store approaches, Jeff. But then last minute, was this yesterday or two days ago, the the uh, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, right, uh, granted a stay in this motion. So basically, as you said at the very end of your paragraph, all you need to know that right now, nothing is changing. <laughs> yeah. The lawsuit is interesting. You know, <laughs> Epic definitely started this thing, I, I think, I guess you could take an opinion with dirty hands. Epic makes yep, you know, hundreds yep. of millions of dollars from in-app purchases on Fortnite. Goodness knows when my kids were playing the game, yes. they were buying costumes yes. to make their characters yes. look like bananas and to hold different yep. things and stuff like yep. that. So tons of money. Um, but um, but they didn't like the fact that Apple was getting 30% of it. And so they correct. They, secretly put this thing in their program that they flipped a switch and suddenly it was using Epic's own store and you could bypass Apple's app store in app purchase system. And Apple's like, no, 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 you can't secretly yeah. put stuff yeah. like that in the game. And then they immediately filed the lawsuit. It was all a setup. They knew what they were going to do. Exactly. Um, so the, exactly. The, the, the lawsuit occurred and, and it went to the preliminary uh, hearing happened and the judge ruled in favor of Apple on most respect, on just about most all respects, things, right. you know, Epic had to pay Apple millions of dollars and, you know, Ep they shot down the argument that Apple was a monopoly. The judge shot down the argument that Apple was violating federal antitrust laws, but there were right. some state laws and, you know, for, there was a couple, there was one minor thing that Epic won on, but it had a big impact because um, <laughs> the, the judge said that Apple was going to have to allow app developers to include a link to their own payment system. And at first people are like, oh, well, that means that Apple doesn't get its 30% at all. You could just completely right. use your own system. And then people realized over the last couple of months, well, that's not true because what Apple could do is say, you can use your own payment system, but if you're not going to use ours and pay us 30%, you're going to have to use your own system and still pay us X, you know, 20%, right. who knows what right. X is. And so right. as a practical matter, it's not going to really change anything for the revenue that Apple gets, and it's not going to really change anything for consumers. Um, but it would require Apple to fundamentally change how they handle in-app purchases. And so that's what Apple sought a stay while they contested that ruling. And right. the trial court denied the stay but the federal appellate court uh, granted it. And so now, you know, Apple can make its case that that portion of the ruling is incorrect. And if Apple wins, it never will have had to have changed its system. Um, and again, what it really means for the consumer is that, you know, we're not going to see some chaos in the app store because when the judge yes. entered the order, she gave right. them 90 days to implement uh -huh. it, which would have, which would have run like next week or like very soon. So. Right. Anyway, right. it's an interesting Apple. And again, it's it's tough to pick a side. You know, you've got Apple, the most profitable company in the world, and Epic right. spent tons of money. You know, the, so each side tries to claim that they are fighting for, you know, the people. The, no, they, they both sides are just trying to make money. <laughs> so it is, it's, it's, Exactly. You know, 
And like you said, this was a whole setup. Uh, it, it, this is the Battle of the Tims, basically, right? Uh, yes. Tim, I can't remember his last name, who is the CEO of Epic, mm-hmm. has become very vocal in his mm-hmm. distaste of how that Apple has run this. But can, can we just say quickly, and again, I'm not really necessarily taking sides here, but you know, when you sign up as a developer in the App Store, you are signing multiple agreements, right? Contracts, just like anything else. And one of them states, and it has been this way from the very beginning, I believe, or from, from the close to the very beginning, that when you sell an app on the App Store, basically Apple is handling all of the backend information, storing it, you know, making sure it's secure, uh, making sure that it is it is a good app and it does what it does. And because of all of that, they take 30% of any price that you pay. So the developer mm-hmm. keeps 70% of that. And mm-hmm. it's been a very nice symbiotic relationship, <laughs> as it were, for many, many years. But I can I can see where... Uh, there's a good argument on the other side that companies like Epic and others, especially even, you know, to me, it's not so much Epic, but they're the big enough company to actually bring a suit like this, right? It's a lot of these small, tiny, one-man shop individual developers, uh, Jeff, that you and I know that, you know, they would probably be helped more (laughs) if Apple didn't take that 30%. Although I've heard from some developers that they like it because Apple has that entire burden of basically... Uh, you know, uh, allowing it to be distributed, right? They handle yeah. all the distribution costs. So anyway, Credit card just payment and pros and cons. Else, yeah. Exactly. You know, there, all there's of really, that. there's two issues here, Brett. I mean, one issue is should Apple charge 30%? When it, when they opened the app store back in 2008, it was actually a bargain because at the time yeah. to buy software, right. you would have to walk to a physical store and get the box. And the, the local store would often be <laughs> right. charged to take 40% of the cost Comp to USA. go to the, the, the CompUSA <laughs> store. And so when develop, when Apple had the app store and said, we're going to handle all all of that stuff and right. we're going to take 30%. Developers were actually making more money. Now, over time, that's changed. You can make an argument that nowadays, maybe for some things, Apple should be charging 15%. And Apple is actually charging 15% if you for a whole different host of things, if you, right. depending upon the right. size of your company and depending yep. upon the nature of the purchases. So, But there's one argument of whether Apple should be charging more or less. And I'm sure Apple would always prefer to charge the most it can without being too much. But then there's a separate argument of should you have separate in-app stores because Epic just wants to, see, you know, Epic's yes, not saying, yes. you know, Apple's charging too much. They're like, we would just like to that's keep true. it all ourselves. You know, right. let's just, can right. I have all the cookies instead of you having all the cookies? And so right. that's sort of a right. separate issue. And um, for, you know, for which the, the little developers don't really, um, so anyway, it's no. an interesting, as always, the thing that's interesting to me about these lawsuits is that a lot of stuff becomes public that normally is private. Correct. So you mentioned the two Tims, right. you know, there's emails from Tim Sweeney of Epic to Tim, Tim Sweeney, Cook from right. Apple. And, right. you know, there's a lot of things that normally would not see the light of the day that does because of the discovery process and lawsuits. So it's, it's sort of, we, we talked about this last week too. It's interesting to sort of, you know, you know, eat your popcorn and watch what's going on and be entertained right. by it. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, we'll see what happens to the lawsuits. Well, last quick comment, just to bring it back to your ending mm-hmm. sentence, like it doesn't change. You know, the thing that really, where, where I think that that's really impacts maybe the, the general user is uh, the Kindle app. You know, if you remember, you know, when the Kindle app came out, Amazon didn't want to sell books through the Kindle app for the iPhone because every book, Apple would basically keep 30%. I believe that's what it was, right? So today, still, you cannot buy a book through the Kindle mm-hmm. app on the iPhone. Even though I use the Kindle app all the time, I just have to go somewhere else, Amazon.com on a computer, somewhere else, and buy the book first, and then it comes into my Kindle app. Mm-hmm. So to me, th- that was your point, is that 
Epic doesn't necessarily want to basically keep more money when they sell through in, in that purchase, but they may want to also have their separate store. Anyway, lots of weird yeah, things that, going on That's a whole other argument is when yeah, you have like exactly. the app itself is sort of a store and it links to other things. And if you have, you know, the Amazon app, you can use the Amazon app and Apple doesn't get 30% of that because you're doing physical things. Right. Apple says right. if you're getting a digital exactly. good, it, it, there, it, it's a very, there's many layers to this onion and it's very, very complicated. Um, but for now, nothing's changing. <laughs> and we'll see. <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line. Let's go to hotel keys then. Indeed. This is great. I love this little story that you that you uh, uh, linked to here because I believe we first heard about at WD, WDC, which was over uh, July, June or July of this year, Apple was announcing that their Apple Wallet app was going to continue to expand. One of the main things I remember from there was the car keys, right? That a car key would be in your Apple Wallet. And then they were mentioning hotel keys and maybe additional keys, home, uh, company, whatever. Um this is interesting that the Hyatt Hotel, six Hyatt Hotels so far at least, <laughs> are now supporting the in-room key in the Apple Wallet. I found this interesting because I've actually been doing this for a while now, Jeff, through, uh, I'm a Hilton member and I use the Hilton app. So if I go to a room, uh, they always still have to give me a physical card key, but it's almost like a backup. But I loved as I'm walking up to my room out of the out of the elevator, which I'm usually going to have my phone in my hand anyway. I will open the Hilton app and then I will say unlock my room. Um, it worked, but not very seamless. I would mm -hmm. love to have this integrated within the Apple Wallet, and I'm just glad to see that we're starting to see some of this roll out, at least with Hyatt so far. Yeah, my guess is that when Apple is is controlling it, it's going to work more effectively. And it's built <laughs> right. upon the same technology that's used for Apple Pay, which works very, very well. Um, yes. And other things, yes. too. I mean, I know that there are people that have smart locks on their front door of their house that, right. you know, through Bluetooth and stuff. And again, that doesn't use Apple Pay. That uses the Bluetooth technology you're talking about for the, um, the Hilton. But I, I actually love this idea of not having that. I mean, the last thing I want to do is carry around keys. And uh, a yes. hotel key is nowadays right. is better because it's a card unlike the old days where it was a physical key but still you know right. and especially if you have an apple watch it's just so much easier to use you know we'd actually looked at putting on yeah. the front door of our house one of those digital um locks um and the people that i've talked to that have those love them because it's so easy to walk in unfortunately because my house is older and the doors sort of stick a little bit it's not we, we can't quite do it you know we, we have the charm of the architecture of a house built in the 1850s but it also means that we have to deal with its um its issues, but um, but yes. I, I love the idea of this of and being able to use the the wallet app, especially on the Apple Watch. I mean, just yesterday I was getting some money from an ATM machine, and uh, I, I just used my watch to to instead of having to find my card and put it in and put my pin. You know, I guess I still put the pin in, but it was you know I like this this yeah. contactless system, and so I'd love to do yes. it on hotels. I hope everybody has it. I, I feel like we're in the early days, um, but I really hope this works, and and maybe the experience would better be better than what you've seen with the Hilton app. So if you have any holiday travel plans to the uh, Walia Resort <laughs> and uh, what and as Maui, uh, I guess it's good. a Maui, right? I wasn't going to go, the, but maybe now I should. <laughs> I know. Or the Key West Resort and Spa, uh, or I guess like, like they got Dallas and Chicago. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be nice. Anyway, if you if, if you plan to if your travel plans go to any of those Hyatt locations, that you'll be able to use the Apple Wallet app, which is great. Another story you linked to, which I was just engrossed in this morning, Jeff. It was fascinating. I didn't even know about this website, by the way. But, you know, we've all watched the Apple spaceship 
<laughs> otherwise known as Apple Park, right, come to fruition. I still remember when Steve Jobs in his very last days, the last few months of his life, when he went before the, what is the Cupertino City Board or something along those lines, and he was talking about the plans before they started building it. Um, but this was a great story that you linked to here with some fascinating pictures about the design teams inside Apple. Really, really cool stuff. Yeah, even if you don't read this story, I encourage you to click on the link just to the, look at the, the pictures, pictures because, you know, people can argue about how practical, you know, the advantages and disadvantages of Apple Park, you know, is it perhaps too much encouraging collaboration and maybe people need their privacy of a private office? Right. But the pictures that show what's, what's, I mean, it's fascinating. Not only do you see the building itself, but you see people doing some of their work. I mean, you know how protective Apple is on pictures like this. You know, yeah. every single picture had to be screened by, you know, many levels of people. But it's really, <laughs> exactly. really interesting to see the types of the show. And then, and then, you know, beyond the pictures, if you actually read the article, there's, you know, all sorts of little details they describe Amazing. on how it's, it's just a few paragraphs in each one, but it's like design features, design thoughts that went into the camera app on yeah. the phone that went into the font that apple uses you the know fonts. all these things it's it's a fun read yeah it's great like the fonts itself and here's a great picture of that on like the topography uh, unbelievable like uh, they were talking about how there's a hundred thousand characters or something in the san francisco font and then mm -hmm. it's like in a book and so everybody in apple whoever's doing any design is referencing this just incredible uh information on that you know you know for nerds like us just kind of getting an, an inside look as it were mm -hmm. short of <laughs> being able to actually travel to the apple campus uh itself you know the only thing i i i gotta say quickly I, I'm sure, like you said, these photos have to be staged at least to some extent. I'm sure. Although yeah. I would like to think that they're not because they just, to me, it looks like, I just recently watched uh, Blade Runner 2049 again, <laughs> and they had like, you know, the, the Tyrell Corporation or it's the Wallace Corporation, I think, in that movie. I mean, in, in, you know, where they actually create the replicants and everything is just so clean almost to the point where it's like, it's 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 over clean as it were and creepy almost and to these pictures to me just border just a little bit on that maybe it's because they're staged i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt but mm -hmm. it, it just looks really cool and again where it's backed up by the text in it like we're talking about with the topography information you know the scalable fonts in there and and you know even some of these pictures they're doing mock-ups of the cameras like not there's a whole team that worries about the actual camera uh, uh, in innards, as it were, right? But this team looks like they're worried about the way the cameras look on the outside, right? <laughs> on right. the case, and that just continues to to blow my mind. But it's Apple just is great, and they're all smiley. That. They're yeah. all smiling and happy in these pictures, by the way. <laughs> Apple is famous for that attention to detail, and you get a little sneak peek into it happening here, even if it is sort of staged. You know, one other thing in here. Let me see if I can find it on this. What was it? They were talking about oh, when they were creating the AirPods, and but didn't they say they they have the largest library or database of ear of of ear like they scan i can't remember oh here it is we molded and scanned ears worked with nearby academics focusing on outer ears for the earbud design and inner ears for the acoustics and they the database is where the design starts we've assembled one of the largest ear libraries anywhere it's like thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of scans of, of ears so they could get these AirPods to work correctly. That was fascinating, which 
In addition to that, I was thrilled to see your review this week. Yeah, that's a good transition. Of these, uh, thank you. Thank you. I was, I was working hard on that. But this is good because I love my AirPods, uh, my AirPods Pro. And I got to say, I'm just still using the, the silicone little uh, buds that come with it. But just like you mentioned in your review, Jeff, I'm starting to see they're a little, they're, they just seem a little looser than they did, you know, maybe three months ago or so. So it was great to see your review of the Comply Foam earbud tips. Yeah. You know, much like, you know, Apple was just recognizing that article that there are thousands of different ear shapes. Um, and so not right. every, you know, ear pod is going to work for everybody um, or ear tip. Uh, you know, for many, many right. folks, the Apple AirPod Pro tips are great. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that Apple, with all of its testing, decided that that was, you know, the, the least common denominator or greatest common right. factor, whichever one it is. But that doesn't mean that there are some people that it's not great for. And I feel like I've been one of these people. I love my AirPods Pro and I can totally use the built-in tips, um, yep. but they move around a little bit. And, right. you know, I always feel like I wonder if there's something else out there. And so I've tried different things over the years. I've tried Foam some Foam Master things. So, but this one are the Comply Foam Tips, which, you know, I did in the review and I've got them right here. It's just this little, you know, memory phone that sticks on the end instead. Right. And they're nice because, I mean, they, they, they connect to the AirPod just like the um, the Apple one does, but it's because like they sort of- stay, Very satisfying click. Yeah, they have the satisfying click, but you sort of squeeze them and then you put them in your ear and the foam expands. And um, I find them I find them very comfortable. They're still not perfect. I still wonder if there's something better out there, but I do like them better than the Apple tips um, in most ways. I don't like the fact that you have to take the time to squeeze them first and put them in your yeah, ears. You mentioned That's a little that. bit of a pain because it takes a few seconds for each ear. But the advantage is you get- improved noise cancellation because not only do you have all of the digital noise cancellation but this foam actually you know literally prevents this the sound waves from coming in even more so you know when you have these on i mean the outside world is really quiet it's really it can be a nice effect um or if you want to listen to the outside world you just put on transparency mode and that works too so i really like them for that so you know if you find yourself you know, you love your AirPods Pro, but you feel like the tips could possibly be better. You know, my message is there are alternatives out there. And whether right. you get something that's got silicone on the outside and foam on the inside, I used to have one of those, or something that's all memory foam, which is what I'm currently using, or whatever the next thing is, because who knows, I'm sure next year I'll be trying something else new. But there are alternatives out there. And I love that there are third parties that for relatively yes. inexpensively, you know, connect to the to the AirPods and, and can work. So. Right. So I, I, I thought these sounded like, as I was reading your review, they sound like those foam earplugs that you can get, mm-hmm. right? You Absolutely. squeeze them. Is that, kind, is that kind of, same okay, thing. that's the same thing. As, uh, but I also liked your comment on there, and this is almost like a, 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 stop, <laughs> a stop action for me, is that it takes time to put them in. Because just like you mentioned in here, when I get a phone call, I don't want to pick the phone up. I literally want to grab my AirPods and throw them in my ear so that I can take the phone call on that. And I need it to be quick, right? You only got like four rings or whatever it is. Um, but it sounds like you could, you could get pretty quick about doing this, you know, giving it a quick squeeze. You can, and you get used to it. Back. It goes pretty fast, yeah. Yeah, good review. So thank you for uh, for doing that. Another hardware item that you linked to, which just gave me a little bit of a blast in the past, is a new stylus from Adonit. And I, I looked this up because I remember the name Adonit from the early days of the iPad, right, Jeff? I think you may have had one of these styluses as well. Stylized, I've used so many. So I just found like one of, one of the first ones was the Adonit ones that were like Yeah, this, there it is. That have, yes. It has a little, um, I forget the name of the Doc Pro. <laughs> that I think was so it was. weird. Do they sell still them? Yeah, they still sell them on the website. I don't they know. This, like this is like, little, yeah. 
I'm holding it up to the camera for folks watching a video. Yeah. It like a little clear tip. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was back in the days when you you needed to use something for an iPad that really simulated the tip of a finger. And Adonit, they did it. That I loved the Jot Pro. It was great. And then over the years, Apple made it so that um, not just Apple's own pencil, but third parties could actually use some of the same technology that the pencil used. And, uh, you know, right. there's many right. companies that make third-party styluses, styli, styluses, Styl- for the styluses. and um, Adonit, I think is really one of the best. And I did a review, I think it was in the, earlier in the pandemic, it may have been last year, of the um, the Adonit, this one is, I think, the Adonit Note, and it's the Adonit oh, Note really? UV, and it had the okay. feature that it could actually, you know, have UV light coming out of it, so that you could actually, like, clean, you know, disinfect things by having a UV light coming out of the end. Oh, interesting. See, it's got blue lights on it. But um, right. regardless of the gimmicks, the Adonit styluses they always work really well. In fact, the, the the most recent version of the Note worked in my mind just as good as, a, as an iPad, you know, really? pencil did in terms of the actual okay. tip. Now, I like things about the Apple Pencil better, like the fact that it can attach to the top of the iPad, which is so much more convenient yes, for that, you know. Right. But um, so that brings us to today where we've got this new one. This is called the, um, it's not the Note, it's the- uh, Adonit Dash. The Adonit Dash, Dash 4, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> this is the fourth iteration. <laughs> And the cool feature of this one is that you click a button on the back of the pencil or the pen as if it's a pen and you uh-huh. switch between the mode that works with an iPad because it simulates the pencil and a mode that simulates your finger and therefore can be used with an iPhone. So, yeah. you know, I could see some people saying, I want to have one stylus that I can use with my iPad and my iPhone. And the author of this article notes that it doesn't work great on the iPhone. Like he says, right. that if you're, if right. you're trying to like sketch notes, it's not perfect. You know, it's the lines are going to be a little off. You're not going to be an architect designing the next house on your iPhone right. using the stylus, but, um, but for just tapping things in the screen and stuff like that, um, it certainly works fine and it's got a clip on it. So, you know, much like previously, we were talking a few minutes ago that you don't have to use Apple's tips for the AirPods Pro. There are third-party alternatives. You don't have to use the Apple Pencil. And though I ultimately find it's the best one for me, there are third-party styluses yeah. that work well and the Adonit ones are great. I'm so glad to hear you say that the functionality or the actual like writing from the Adonit is still good. As I, mm-hmm. I, I, I have a fun corner of my heart for Adonit just simply because I remember in those first years of the iPad before Apple came out with the Apple Pencil, right? That I think it was one of the best third-party stylus makers, styli makers. Completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. Yeah, and and they were doing great, and so we all had them because we wanted to do handwriting on the iPad, mm-hmm. and Apple was refusing to release anything and of course that has changed and i got to tell you once the apple pencil came out i never looked at anything else i just always felt like it was the better superior uh experience on on multiple levels but i will tell you the thing that caught my eye on this and this is ed hardy's review which is great and and cult of mac here is um not so much that i want to necessarily write on the iphone although there have been times when i would like to do that you know like almost like writing on a on a post-it note but I am writing something on my iPad and I need to do something on my iPhone and I have to like, you know, uh, get put my stylus in the other hand and then, you know, pick up my iPhone with my my finger. I just I love the idea that that Adonit as a third party creator is coming up with something a little bit different that can be used and maybe in a little bit of a different way. So thanks for linking to that. I didn't even I mean, honestly, I haven't been following Adonit just simply because I was like, I'm all in on the Apple Pencil, but I'm glad to see that they are still making uh, a lot of stuff on this. You know, it's so funny, as a sort of a side note, there was a time years and years ago, the HS that you were talking about, where I was doing reviews of styluses 
on iPhone JD like yeah. once a month. I mean, I have a whole section of the archives where I've reviewed dozens of these things. <laughs> and then it basically stopped. It stopped when Apple came yeah. out with the Apple Pencil. I reviewed a few more after that and not many since. I actually have, if you click on index there, I actually have a whole yeah. section of stylus links. right There, there it number is. Six. Number six. But, um, That's right. I, nowadays, good I very, heavens, very, very rarely review styluses because the Apple Pencil is so good. <laughs> but it's nice to know that it's still an option out there if you want something different. Um, you have 32 reviews of styluses. <laughs> Some of those are up <laughs> Of earlier reviews, like second and third I can generations. see that. Yeah, so I did not even know. Do, do you still? You you must have all of these. Are you some of them giving them away? Someplace. Yeah, that's, that's look nice at that. The Wacom there, the ten one. Oh, I remember the ten one. That was one of the first ones as well. Wacom and of course, the Logitech lane. crayon that's been out mm -hmm. uh, for a while. Oh, that's so fun. And then look at all the Adonit. You have you have seven Adonit reviews on here. That just shows <laughs> from all the way back to twenty. Well, twenty twelve is the first one, right? That was the yeah. Jock Pro. All right, that's fun. I'm glad. I'm glad we went down. You know what else is fun? The holidays with the fireplace. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so this is another great story you linked to, and I I think I had done this before, or this this sounds like. Uh, of course, you can do this, but I'm glad that Zach Hall and 9to5Mac linked to a specific app, a 99-cent app for your Apple TV that can turn your TV into a digital fireplace. We all, we all need a little Christmas happiness here. If you have a real fireplace, that's the best thing. But if you don't have a real <laughs> fireplace, <laughs> why not? Or have both. Why not have a digital fireplace? And, you know, digital fireplaces are funny. You know, there are stations around the country that for decades, you know, during Christmas time will we'll just show a fireplace. Exactly. With music playing, right. Right. Which I've always thought is a little funny. But you know what? It's actually pretty, you know, if you're if you have your TV right there and your family is gathering around opening up presents, you know, why not have something on it? And in my mind, like if you've got an Apple TV, I think that there's there's two good things to do with the Apple TV. One is is if you make like um, a uh, a folder of all of your you know holiday Christmas, all of your Christmas yes, presents or exactly. Christmas pictures or all of your Hanukkah pictures or whatever it is, and just have the Apple TV randomly display a slideshow of those pictures. Right. That's something right. fun to have in the background. So that's one good, nice way to use it. So it's in the background. Um, another good one, though, is to have a digital fireplace. Why not? Whether you use music or not. And so he links to one specific app and has some others. And uh, I haven't actually tried these yet. Um, in fact, now that I have a new 4K television, I want to see if there's any yeah. 4K absolutely HDR fireplace apps. If I find something good, I'll, I'll recommend want, it in the future. You want fake fire to look the best that it can look, man. <laughs> Amen, that, is, exactly. that is great. But you know, <laughs> just real quick, I mean, it is great. To, we actually do this. Our TV is right there in the living room. And so on Christmas morning, I turn the TV on with Christmas music. So now I can at least put something on. You know, he talks about everybody loves the, the, the screensavers on Apple TV. They are incredible. They've mm -hmm. always been and they continue to be. But, you know, it's like Yosemite and New York City and different things like that, but having something a little bit different, you can have the fireplace going while you have your your Christmas music in the background, and uh, that's that's a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, doing that uh, and linking to that. And something else that's very fun, if it gets a little too hot with your digital fireplace <laughs> and your iPhone is heated up a little bit, this last story here was absolutely fantastic. Razer, R-A-Z-E-R. Is a company that I know of just because it makes some uh, very high-end gaming accessories, uh, mouse, uh, mice, and uh, keyboards, for example. It's very well known in the gaming community, but, but they're expanding a little bit, apparently. Uh, if you play games on your iPhone, you can now get a MagSafe fan to make sure that your phone stays cool enough. 
<laughs> what can is, I say? Great. Michael Simon this of is... MacWorld found this one and has a link to it. And it looks about as ridiculous as I can look. I mean, not only is it this huge honking fan, I'm not even sure how you hold your iPhone with this big fan in the back of it. But of course, it's got colorful <laughs> lights. You know, I look at this thing yeah, and I laugh. Coma. But you know what? My son, who loves playing games uh-huh. on Mac at home, he doesn't use the regular Mac keyboard. You know, a while ago, he had requested as a birthday present. He's got one of these big keyboards that not only does it have sort of the mechanical type keys. Right, but right. It, it, it's got like the colors on it. It's got rainbows yes. and they're going back and forth yes, and everything else. Rainbows. And I'm like, how do you concentrate on the game when you've got so many rainbow colors, colors. lights coming out of the keyboard? <laughs> I don't even understand it. And I guess that just shows the, the generation gap. So, you know, from <laughs> My son, he would probably look at this. Like I look at this thing and I just roll my eyes and and made a joke about it getting the iPhone award for the most silly, you know, whatever ridiculous accessory. My son would probably look at this and like, oh, this makes absolute I, perfect sense. I, I, need, I need this today. Yeah. I need he this needs today. it. Exactly. Exactly. But but yeah, I just gotta say, you know, we've talked about MagSafe, right? On the back of the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 13. And, you know, it's mostly used for charging accessory, but we knew that third parties were going to be coming out with all kinds of additional things. And this is just another example, but boy, it's fun. Hey, Merry Christmas. It's, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be good. All right. Let's go to some tips though. Then in the, in know. the know. So speaking of, um, the new iPhones, the newer iPhones that all run iOS 15, this is something else we heard about, I believe, in WWDC back in the summer, and we're starting to see some of this roll out now. This is some additional privacy settings that you can set within Safari to hide your IP address. So there's a couple of things that I wanted to mention in here. Some of it is still in beta, like they're not all fully baked in. And I anticipate in the next month or two, probably as Apple continue to roll out some updates to iOS 15, that we'll see some additional ones of these kind of uh, built in. Many of us probably know about a VPN, a virtual private network, especially if you're in a company that requires you to use a VPN, uh, that will basically encrypt your IP address many times or hide your IP address or basically put a different IP address than the one you're actually connecting from. It's a little confusing and techie, I understand, but this is additional protection. It can be uh, an additional level of protection to make sure that people can't track you down, that kind of a thing. So Apple is now embedding some of this. Typically a VPN, you have to use a a third-party app, and there's some very good ones out there. Tunnel Bearer is one that I use quite a bit. Uh, But now some of this is kind of built in. So this first one here is that if you go into... Uh, if, if you're paying for an iCloud subscription, any of it, like 99 cents for, uh, I think you get a 200, 200 gigs or something like that, or if you pay a little bit more, $3 a month, that kind of a thing, or if, you're, if you have Apple One subscription, if you're paying for any kind of an Apple subscription, you get this private relay for free, which is already uh, built in. This basically, you can turn this on. Uh, this is a story from OSX Daily, which is talking about how uh, you can do this in your iCloud settings. Uh, so basically, it would just kind of hide your IP address. Uh, so if you're paying for a subscription, you should have access to this today. If you're not paying for an iCloud service, you can still hide your IP address. You have to be upgraded to iOS 15. So let me see if I can pull this up. This is one that I found from um Uh, iGeeks blog. This basically prohibits websites from tracking you or profiling you or understanding your geographic location. Uh, uh, but it's not going to be quite as much as what you can get if you have a subscription to Apple. But 
the point is, is that it's it's better than nothing. Like if you're really concerned about this and you want to take advantage of the newer security features that Apple is baking into iOS 15, you can do this by going into uh, settings. Uh, you go to Safari. You scroll down to privacy and security, and you can tap your hide IP address. And there's a couple of different options here from trackers or from websites and trackers. If you do not subscribe to an iCloud service, you're only going to get from trackers. Better than nothing. But if you do have a subscription, you might have another option there that says from trackers and websites. So it's just a little bit more comprehensive on there. So I'll put all these links that you can follow along as to turn this on. But um, this is something that a lot of us, at least on the techie side, are excited about because Apple is continuing to bake some of these security features into iOS. But I think for the common person, many times I find, Jeff, that uh, they, they don't really understand it all the way or they just don't feel like it's that that necessary. But I think certainly for a lot of professionals, business professionals, it's something that should be turned on since Apple is offering it. Yeah, I'll, I'll say one word of caution. I mean, it's nice that you can get some enhanced privacy and I always applaud Apple for doing what it can because Lord knows every other company out there is trying to invade your privacy and sell your personal <laughs> right. information. Um, I will tell you that the, the and it's still in beta, but the iCloud private relay function, I, I had it turned on for a while and then I ultimately okay. turned it off because I found that there were a few websites and maybe this will be uh, fixed as it goes through the beta process okay. that um, got so confused because your IP number is completely masked and it couldn't tell where it literally could not tell where in the yeah. world you were coming from. The website right. would be a little like my local newspaper website was would sometimes not load and other things like that. So I ultimately uh, turned it yeah. off. Okay. And again, Apple, I'm sure, is aware that there were those issues and presumably mm -hmm. improve it over time and it'll come out of beta. And maybe by the time it's fully baked, it'll work great. So if it worked great with no disadvantages on my web browsing, sure, I would turn it on. Yeah. Um, because I've had some issues, I, I, I turned it off. So, you know, just keep it. It's, it's a beta process. Just like it is beta still else. right now, but it's a nice but, idea. But good point. Excellent. And so, you, sir. So my, uh, oh, tip of the week is this one. When I first saw this, I thought oh, this is funny. So and then I'm like, well, you know, this actually could be useful. So Absolutely. the project is called micro browser for Apple watch. Now, uh, before I even talk about it, let me just pause the name micro browser. <laughs> it doesn't I wondered. Actually, you cannot use, you cannot search for micro M I C R O. You won't find it that way because the way that the developer has spelled the name is he used <laughs> the symbol for micro, which is the Greek letter moo. It's the lowercase oh, version. Yeah. Of moo. Okay. That's what so that it is. Sort of looks like a letter U. It looks like a lowercase U, except there's a line coming down the left side as if it was a P or something like that. So how in the world you type that on your keyboard is beyond me. So if Maybe you're, looking, Moo browser. For this, if you're yes, looking for this app, I recommend that you just go to the show notes for this episode or go yes. to uh, in the newspodcast.com and you'll be able to click to go there. But once you get this thing downloaded, it's a buck. It's 99 cents. It's cheap. I'm doing it. It is a, yes. it is a web browser for your Apple Watch. And Great. We, I mean, Great. Your Apple Watch screen is so small that when you're looking at the text and the pictures, it's so tiny. You know, my thought was, why would anybody in the world want a web browser on an Apple Watch screen? That is just ridiculous. But I still paid the 99 cents because that was funny. But then yep. after I started choosing it, I'm like, you know what? I can actually uh -huh. see use for this because you might have a situation where, you know, one of the ways in which my Apple Watch is most viable 
are those rare situations. I don't have my iPhone or my iPad or my computer near me. You know, I'm out and about and I just have my Apple Watch. And if that happens, there may be times where you actually want to look something up on a website, um, you know, maybe get yes, some specific information, exactly. some specific website, some information. And you, normally you wouldn't be able to do it. But with this browser, you could either type um, using, you know, the keyboard or, or you can say the URL, which is not the easiest thing. Or better yet, you can use the app on an iPhone to create bookmarks for this app. And so whatever that website is, I mean, if you're in a race and there's the race website and you just want to be able to, or if you're in the middle of a park and you 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 might get lost and you want to have the park website, you know, I could just, you know, think about it beforehand. Is there a webpage that I might need to be able to look at for my Apple watch when I had nothing else, just get, put a bookmark beforehand. And then you, then you don't have to worry about typing the URL, although you could, if you wanted to, and you could pull it up on your website and on your watch. And I will tell you as tiny as it is. Um, especially on the, the larger screen of the, the the current Apple Watch that I have, it's just right seven. It totally works. I mean, you can you can see some of the pictures. I'm so that happy if you're watching the video yeah. version of this that Brett's showing. You can read websites. You can see the pictures. It absolutely works. So the number of times that you're going to want a web browser on your Apple Watch are going to be few. But yep. I love that now you can do it. And maybe one day, you know, just like in the early stages, it was only third parties that provided GPS map apps for the iPhone. And now of course, Apple has the maps app and it has it for a long time. Maybe one day Apple will have a version of Safari for the Apple watch. And if so, then this app will be Sherlocked, as they say, this app will not be necessary, but for the time, for the time being, you know, spend a buck, get it. You never know if you might want to use it. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting party trick and maybe it'll be useful (laughs) one day. So, you know, bravo to the developer. His name is uh, Arno. Appenzeller, he's a German That's developer, a and yeah. um, I love uh, that he came up with microbrowser. I'll say one more thing: that crazy little moo symbol that he uses <laughs> in the in the title. One advantage yes. of it is that Apple sorts it at the end of the alphabet. Now, why does that matter? Because when you you know oh. how you tap the button on your Apple Watch. Uh, if uh, if you have the honeycomb, you won't see this, but if you have the feature turned on that the you list, see all of right. your apps in a list, because right. it's at the end of the alphabet, you can just scroll all the way to the bottom of the list. Oh, yeah. And it's the last one. So it's easy to find the app because it's going to be last. It's going to be behind Z or whatever. So uh, that's a one little, you know, oh, advantage that's, of that's using great. The, uh, the micro. Th- Greek that's letter. funny. That's that's a neat tip, by the way. Just a, it's a bonus tip. Yeah. I, we, use, I've always used so the honeycomb. I love the so honeycomb. Much, the honey, I know. You like the honeycomb? I prefer the I do that's because that's the way it's – I just like that you know you can like zoom around. But, Jeff, sometimes it's it's crazy to be able to find something that I want. I'm like looking around, looking around, you know, scrolling around. And anyway, just turning that into a list. I I knew you could do that, but that might mm-hmm. – that's, that's, a, that's a great little tip, a bonus tip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There. So anyway, that's that. we, we've been learning lots about the Greek alphabet as we <laughs> go through the different <laughs> stages of COVID. And what is Omicron? What is Delta? Yeah, so no now, kidding. Today we're no talking kidding. about Moo. <laughs> now we got Arno. Can, can I just say quickly, I've always thought that that was an oversight on the Apple Watch. I, again, I, I hear you. I feel you. Most people would be like, that's ridiculous. Why would you want to surf the web on your watch? I'm not going to be surfing the web on my watch. However, if I get an email where it has a link or if, you know, if I wanted just to look something up in my phones, maybe in my briefcase or something, I'm sitting there, you know, and I don't want to like get it out. I mean, there could be times I just want to do a quick search on something. And again, it's not all that frequent, but I have just wanted to be able to go and see on my 
on my watch or like a news story or something that pops up, you know, on a notification on my watch. I want to be able to go and look at that just quickly. I, I don't want to read all in depth. I just want to see a little bit of like the first paragraph or something. Anyway, you can tell that, I'm thrilled about this. Yeah, this, this is micro, great. Thank you, this, Arno. This micro browser app has a DuckDuckGo as a search engine. Sort of I saw that it. here. So like you literally, even if you didn't know what website you wanted to go to, yeah. you can open up the app and you can do a search in DuckDuckGo, which is a competitor to Google with, with lots of privacy features. And you, you know, you need, just needed to find something you could do a, a a search and find the website in DuckDuckGo and then click on the link and go to that website so even if you don't know the url or you don't want to type it but you just want to like write the name right. of the website that works too yeah yeah this is great and thank you arno mr appenzeller what a wonderful name <laughs> for doing this i mean and, and he's linking to this i just pulled this bloomberg story up where people are talking about it's time for the apple watch to be completely free from the iphone i don't know if i'm completely agree with that but i would love it you know the more and more that the apple watch can stand on its own is great it already has cellular capability and those and those models etc so anyway jeff what a great pick thanks for bringing my attention to that we'll link to that and i'm going to go buy my own copy <laughs> of the moo browser micro micro browser a basic browser fantastic my friend always gr great to talk with you thanks jeff and uh we will talk next week before christmas see Sounds you next good. week thanks brett bye-bye everybody